Adilio. Adilio. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know. I don't know how, how we're going to work that one in. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. What a perfect, perfect cold open <laughs> to this week's show. Welcome, friends, to Tanked Up. It's episode 241. We are, of course, the craft beer and video game podcast show. We're kind of a show these days, aren't we? Oh, yeah, we're a variety uh, show. Just wait for Ben's uh, singing to take us out. I'll do my dancing first. I'll fit that in now. Um, I don't know why that's the dance for this, because you only see this bit up, I suppose. Uh, I'm Ben. I'm here with Adol. Hey. Hey. We're going to drink some beers. We're going to talk about video games, video game-related news, beer-related news, if there is any that we find interesting. Uh, but first, we're going to crack some beers open. I am going to start. Uh, I posted first thing this morning into the Crappy UK Facebook group to say, hey, I've opened up a couple of Advent beers. Uh, lots of people on there share their Advent beers that they've been picking up. Hmm. Um, so I did a little poll and said, hey, here are the beers. Uh, why don't you all vote and let me know what I should drink? And the beer that won out was uh, Siren Craft Brew. Ooh, love And this is Be Even More Pacific, a California IPA. It That's- is... Yeah, it is 7.3%. And this says, we're excited to keep experimenting with California IPA, a crisp style, clean and refreshing on the palate. In this iteration, we're using Nelson Sauvon hops for some amazing white grape and gooseberry notes. This is in addition to the sticky, tropical and resinous flavours that we love so much in these beers, driven by Citra, Simcoe and Halatau Blanc. It doesn't tell me yeasts or hops. It's just giving me the um, uh, yeasts <laughs> or um, the other thing in this. Malts? The malts, the grains, the barleys, those sorts of things. Um, yeah, just leads with the hops, tells me what they are, those are. So I'm going to crack this open. Adol, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm drinking uh, something more local. It's uh, Moore's. Hoppiness. Ooh, lovely. Crossover IPA. 6.5%. Uh, it has some form of malted barley, malted wheat, hops, and yeast. Ah, there we go. Sorry. I was like, I'm sure there was a description. Couldn't find it for the life of me. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, uh, crossover of our favorite IPA elements, combining bitterness and sweetness, chaos and precision, and just the right levels of fruit and haze. Ooh. Happiness equals happiness. So yeah, lovely. Doesn't really yeah. say what's the crossing over, and and of course it's the new style of Morse cans. So it says mm-hmm. live beer on the top, naturally carbonated. Um, so you know, watch your pours if you can pick this up. The last yep. few mils are probably not worth it, even though it is just a tiny three thirty mil can. I do see um, a little bit of advertisement from more in the last. Month, maybe not quite a not quite a full month, uh, but 
um, sort of, you know, on the socials, advertisement from them saying that they were one of the first breweries to make sure they didn't have any of the, the, the findings in it, that they were, you know, a, a vegan beer. That's kind of how they started out and, oh. and stuff. So they're really, really pushing that at the moment. Um, I, I had a beer the other night. Oh, it was a, um, a Thornbridge beer. Hmm. And it was, it was so, so clear. Like, unbelievably clear. And I'm sat there thinking, I wonder how they've done this without mm-hmm. having some kind of finings or filtration or, you know. Something. How, how have they done this? And the beer was, you know, reasonable. It was a nice beer. Uh, I think it was a peach melba. Um, but, yeah, just incredibly clear. And actually, similar to the, to the siren, um, be even more specific. I know on the back it says it's a you know a crisp, clean, refreshing beer, but you can see. I mean, can you see uh, Gohan in the back behind it? Not yep. quite. Not you can't quite pick it up, but you can see my. You can see. A, you can see. Yeah, my, I was say, you can see a shape. You can through. see that there's something yeah. on the shelf. You can. You can just see him, just at the top of my glass. Yeah, it's hard because the glass just isn't in fully there. Clear. He's definitely there. Yes. Um, nice tropical flavors on the nose. Not getting any of that. Grape, really. Not the nose, at least. A uh, little bit of a head dissipated quite quickly. Using me Christmas Advent Beer 52 glass, which is the box that I got the, the siren in. Uh, it wasn't today's beer, it was yesterday's beer. Hmm. Hmm. It's got a lovely... It does have a lovely nose, but it's very light, a little bit tropical. It is a nice flavour. It is crisp. Doesn't have a sort of a big carbonation to it. You kind of um, associate slightly with the word crisp, um, but it does feel clean, and the the grape is coming through. So there is that kind of that backbone of a um, uh, some tropical fruits sat in there. Um, hard to pick out what those are because it does have that grape just just pushing in. Um, trying to pick up on the gooseberries as well but another hard note to pull away from those other kind of tropical fruits that are that are in this um I'll probably hazard a guess that it's mm, don't know mm, maybe actually having a bigger sip mm. and those first in that first initial hit that you get you are getting a little bit more gooseberry and the grape coming through in that initial hit and that then doesn't die down but it allows that kind of that backbone of the tropical fruits to sort of sit there with it as well and that grape is quite nice because it's giving it a a nice sort of piney bitterness to it as well Mm. Uh, flows in from that grape into that we know that that Nelson Sovon does give you those grapes but a lot of beers that we kind of have with it do have that piney finish yeah. in there as well. Um, so I think the Nelson is doing most of the heavy lifting with this, giving you that flavour, giving you that grape. You know, the Citra and the Simcoe are probably there backing up with those tropical fruits. Uh, the Halatau Blanc is in there maybe to give it a bit more, you know, draw everything into maybe a bit more of a cleaner, crisper sort of uh, feel, along with whatever malts and the, the yeast that they've got going on in this as well. Uh, but it's nice. It's very, very easy. I, I'm not picking up that it's 7.3% at all. There is no sort of um, 
you know, it, it's not a thick beer. It's quite a it's quite a thin sort of beer. Although there is a little bit of body to it, not much. Uh, not getting any alcohol in this at all, but it's just very easy. Nice, sounds nice great. Nice flavor, nice nose. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, can I ask? So, do, what do you think is making this not a West Coast IPA but a California IPA? Ooh, I mean, I, don't I mean, know. basically, I don't know. Like, does it? Could it? Could you easily describe it as a West Coast IPA? Um, it doesn't. It, I mean, it's got sort of a, it's got a bitterness to it. Um, it's not kind of, it, it's not a big flavour. Like those those flavours are there and they're kind of working together a little bit, but it doesn't like hit you. It's not got this big sort of bitterness to it. Um, I mean, are they trying to get you more to think of something like a steam beer or you know something that's maybe. A bit more, so yeah, I don't know, lighter perhaps than a than a West Coast IPA. Uh, I mean, it's 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 completely like almost clear. Um, so uh, it, it, maybe it's pulling away from West Coast just enough that they needed something else to give it. You know, needed a new moniker for this kind of style that they've changed a few things up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I did a quick Google, and the and the only, I didn't even realize, but the I, I, I forgot rather that the Sierra Nevada ha, the blue the blue can is a California IPA, right? How was it? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Um. So that's the thing we both had. Uh. So I I, I mean I think it's probably just less <laughs> less from what I recall that beer versus it's sort of less super hop forward. Mm. And maybe a little more citrusy, but like again, I'm operating off of vague memories of a beer gone by and other vague memories of other beers. Um, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, so this is mine. It looks mm. kind of like yours, Ooh. but a little more honey colored and a lot more hazy. Like you can't yeah. you can't even see a shadow really. You can kind of see a shadow, I should say. Again, my lighting is going the wrong direction really to to show that off. Um. It's it's got a really soft, sweet, um, tropical. I think like like ripe mango, but not too mm. forward nose. Um, okay, with a touch of bitterness, just to keep that from being too much of a sweet nose. But again, it might be a little cold still because uh, I, I didn't I didn't our, our free because when the weather turns our. Um, fridge in the laundry room just likes to go into overdrive i think it's just bad nice. and so we keep it too low and then when the when it doesn't need to work that hard it because like my glass is quite cold just from being poured into it mm. so hopefully the, I, I wouldn't i would suspect the aromas would would open up more at the regular tem- uh, close room temperature yeah it does look nice that's a lovely oh. color and it that like that color is exactly sort of what the mouthfeel is. It's like a little, mm, just nice. a touch velvety, coats the mouth but doesn't stick. Um, ooh, I like this. This is, um, that tropicalness is there. There's a bit of that pininess. It ends quite bitter. Maybe a little drying. I'll grab another sip mm. in a second. But um, right in the beginning of that taste where you're like, okay, so slight citrus, um, maybe citrus peel because there's that hop, that bitterness as well. Uh, and then tropical fruit, but there's also a malt. There's like a malt um, note in 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 the bottom, um, mm-hmm. 
just again, I said this before, but just rounding it out. Um, yeah, so there's this like citrus um, leaning towards lemon, I would say. Okay. Um, but because it's coupled with that a bit of that um, tropical fruit, it kind of rounds down. But it, so it's there is a sweetness, but it doesn't feel like a citrus sweetness. Is why I think that. Mm. Citrus is like it's like lemon and mango in a weird way, um, and then this piney, slightly resiny uh, undertone with this mm. maltiness, and then it ends with that really nice, not too pine forward, um, hoppy bitter uh, finish, and um, it's just it's quite bitter. Um, mm. It's been a while. It's like it's the last few IPAs I've had on 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 um, on the pod haven't been. They've had long finishes, but not strong. And this is like starts strong. It takes a couple steps down, and then sort of continues. Uh, and so there's a slight maltiness, but mostly just like, oh yeah, this is an IPA. This is how yeah. IPAs finish. That's uh, very good. I'm really loving the texture of this. Good, good. I mean, I don't know what it is about like East Bristol breweries, uh, Arbor, Good Chemistry, more. They all do really well at bringing in like every element of a beer you know they're not always hot heavy beers they they have those multi kind of backbones to it you can see where each of the ingredients is kind of doing their thing uh i, I who, who knows why it's kind of like this east bristol thing with these these kind of breweries but whenever you have one of those beers you can go yep i can see what the hops are doing i can see what the malts are doing i can see how the yeast is kind of bringing things together i know what the water profile is you, know, you I was can just kind saying, of the water not might deconstruct the, yeah not deconstruct the beer but you know that everything is working in there and it's not just like well we had to chuck some malt in it so we've just put this in you know they've, they've i'm sure every brewery it carefully picks the ingredients that kind of go in but on some beers they're probably saying well we've got this we'll use this with it instead whereas with 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 these east bristol breweries you kind of think yep yeah, they've they picked that to match against everything else it's not just all about the hot profile it is about the malts that they're sticking with this as well yeah definitely uh, that's a good point yeah it it, it we're quite spoiled here so it's, uh, i often forget that that's not just a universal um thing it's not mm. universal that um, all all breweries just are this good. <laughs> oh, I haven't had a beer from more in ages. Oh yeah, I mean, I, wanna... I was at the corner store, and there was just they had four different moors, and I was like, "Guess I'm Perfect. buying two of these." So next week I'll yep. have the other one if I don't. Well, I'm probably gonna have it before, but I'll. It's the purple one. I can't remember what the name of it is, but I think that's probably what I'll have next mm-hmm. week. Just because it's it's been a, an age, and I'd love to talk about another more beer next week. Yeah. Oh, one moment. Yes, I do have your notepad. I don't know <laughs> why I have your notepad. Theft. Oh, yes. mm. She she phoned me from work looking for a password. So. Ah, I see. Yes. A likely um, story. <laughs> Those are the beers that we are drinking. Uh, we'll come back to them. We'll talk about them. This this siren has opened up a little bit more, so there's probably a little bit more to talk about later on. Uh, but we should get into discussing uh, video games or, or whatever we want, really, around this. I was going to talk about a game, but I'm still... Uh, um, I'm kind of embargoed. Now we do this live, I can't actually talk about it because it ain't going up on Friday, which is the day that I could have 
talked about it, mm. um, which is unfortunate. So we're going to go off air for you know, <laughs> 20 minutes while we actually talk about it. No. Um, and that's that's kind of been taking up uh, the majority of my gaming time this week. Mm. Um, not a huge game, um, but uh, the, the small moments that I've had this week, I've, I've uh, put into that. Um, I did jump back into Days Gone ah. earlier today. Um, so like half Days and- Gone. <laughs> well, yeah, not even that. Um, I, th- I probably since we last spoke about it, I I maybe put in another two hours, maybe. You know, I've moved the story along a little bit. It didn't go where I thought it was going to, which was nice. It's opened up a little bit more, uh, but it's it's the same. It hasn't you know shown me any kind of new avenues or or shown me any progressing progression in open world mechanics and things and I, I kind of knew the game wasn't going to do that based upon right. you know the initial sort of reviews and things that had uh, that had come out about it but it's still enjoyable like, it's still is enjoying it, the the game the, the big takeaway we got last time was that it scratched that open worldy itch absolutely absolutely uh, and I, I know a lot of people have been talking about um oh, what's it called the new ubisoft um, Watchdogs leaning Phoenix. No, the oh. other one, the the uh, new right. um, like Greek. Is it Phoenix Rising? Something like that. Um, in, in terms of it, Phoenix being Rising, much more, Phoenix, Phoenix, yeah, Phoenix, Phoenix. Yeah, but I think they say they call it Phoenix. But um, that is it's a very different kind of open world game, but much more in the vein of um, of, of Breath of the Wild. Right, um, we've talked about Genshin Impact as well, which is a similar sort of uh, of game. That's a gacha, so a little bit different again in what that's trying to do. But from from what I've seen and heard, um, we've kind of not even moved on in terms of what we're getting in open world games. We've kind of had almost two divergent paths. You know, there's this kind of tried and tested sort of open world which something like Days Gone fits into you know taking different things from different places Horizon Zero Dawn was very similar of people going oh I can see why they've taken that from this I can see why they've taken that from this and merged it into this you know into this open world sort of game but it feels very familiar as Days Gone does and then you have Breath of the Wild um, and games which are then following that sort of path uh, and I I Maybe this is what we're going to talk about now for the next sort of twenty minutes. Like, mm. I don't, I don't know what the next sort of step for open world games is. Um, you know, I often get fatigued by them. Um, I finish them, but kind of depends on how long they are. If they're not presenting anything new to me, you know, ten or twelve hours in, and it's the same kind of thing over and over again. I'll slow down on it a bit. I'll play something else in between. I'm not. I won't put all of my time into just churning through that. And I'm actively avoiding bigger games like right. Assassin's Creed Valhalla, uh, which is you know an odyssey of a game. Right. Um, but I don't know what open world games can do to really you know turn the genre on its head, or if even the of audience at large want something different. Supposedly Valhalla has sold absolute gangbusters and is like the most uh, purchased Assassin's Creed game ever made within you know its first like week or two. Yeah, I mean, part of that is people are starved for content here in this this back half of twenty twenty. 
yeah. the, the year there was a decade. Um, but I think, uh, I mean, yeah, I think that's a good thing to unpack. Uh, uh, it also gets to one of the things I was going to talk a little bit about. Um, hmm. But we'll we'll table that point. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm uh, thinking of the big game that's coming out this week. Cyberpunk 2077 yes. or Cyberpunk set in when this year ends. Um, <laughs> and uh, that's an open world-ish narrative-based game. And mm-hmm. I think what's really interesting is it's smaller in footprint than The Witcher 3. Possibly yep. also in content, but I mean, depending on uh, I mean, the reviews seem to say there's just fewer side quests, fewer things to do, just mm. a shorter game. But the actual footprint is smaller, but it's still an open world. And I think the reason is because it's a vibrant, packed world. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's the promise that open world games have been selling since GTA 3, right? Third-person yeah. open yeah. world game where people... Well, there, was, there were NPCs, and you could do you could interact with all of them, and they would have seven lines in the entire game, right? Uh, and we've even GTA Five sort of, I think, is the ex- textbook example of forgetting that promise. And like mm. the Assassin's Creed games, kind of, actually, the non-Assassin's Creed game uh, Ubisoft games are even worse for this, right? Like, just. The, this this rush to bigger, uh, yes, is it was in parallel with we must have the highest fidelity graphics. We also must have the giantest maps, but of course we can't render people or very many things, different things to do because all of our resources are in map. Which is why we set Tom Clancy's TM Ghost Recon our Wildlands. I think is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, in generic South America or whatever, so that it could be mostly in the jungle. jungle. Yep. Yeah. Or the crew, something like that. Yeah. Which, you know, doesn't necessarily, you're not expecting maybe pedestrians along the side of the road while you're racing through, you know, parts of, um, you know, America. America. Except or North, North, uh, yeah. well, is it North America or is it no, just, just the US? US. Mm. It's just mainland US. You can't get to Hawaii nor Alaska. Okay. Um, but shame. I mean, yeah, and that was a game that seemed so cool because you could, like, and bonkers god see that's the kind of insane insanity i think there's some fruit in and sadly uh the crew didn't sell well so we might not ever get that but like hey why not have flying and boating and also why mm. not just switch on the fly so yeah. that you can drive up a hill and then continue off into the <laughs> blue yonder uh i mean that's it the problem is there wasn't enough gameplay around it and the flying the boating was kind of clunky so there wasn't except for traveling i guess there wasn't really a good reason to not mm. car or at least that's what i heard i, I didn't um play it it also made the carring less good again the, the trying to do too many things yeah. and then doing them poorly but like that type of thing would be is really cool because it especially the air part right it challenged your assumptions on access in the world Mm. Uh, and now we're seeing the last few years we're seeing being able to go in more buildings but like GTA 5 is a good example of like yeah you can go into buildings these seven buildings yeah um, why can't I go in this other one I'm I'm, I'm a thief I'm a, a brigand 
I go, I break into things all the time, but no, just this one. Uh, and it's because the, the, you couldn't do all the things. And I, what I'd like to see is like a small town, fully interactive. In fact, yeah, what we need is the spiritual successor to The Simpsons Hit and Run. I want to see Springfield, circa season 10. Perfect. All kinds of side quests. You don't even have to drive that much unless it's, you know, into the garage so you can rush into the couch. Um, That would be very cool. I mean, the Simpsons part is only half joking, but I mean something where there's people all around town and they all have their own stories and there's a reason to go around that would be an interesting it would take a lot of work but all that most of that work is actually on narrative design and writing not coding Mm -hmm. etc and i think that's that's where that's where i think we'll we could see some very interesting changes in open world legion kind of promised that with the idea that you could be anyone so everyone's kind of but it's the same problem you can be anyone so Everyone's got a loose backstory that doesn't really make sense with the gameplay because except for like there's seven stats and a lot more possible like backgrounds of people. So mm-hmm. they get thrown into generic buckets or whatever. Yep. yep. Um, but like that's that is actually where we're seeing some development. And I'd like to, I think that's where open worlds might get me back because I like the promise of doing anything. Legion after a couple of reviews, like, oh, man, like, when I heard the besties talk about it, I was like, oh, man, I might want to play that. Oh, wait, Ubisoft is a terrible, terrible company <laughs> that has had no repercussions for being terrible and consistently being terrible. So I actually forgot yeah. Phoenix Fox or whatever it's called, uh, Fennec Fox, the Greek tragedy. tragedy. Um, I forgot that was a game because I just, I've been tuning out what they've been saying for so long, and it's only been, mm-hmm. like, Obviously, Assassin's Creed just is in the zeitgeist, and then um, Legion. The surprised reviews of Legion kept going forward. But yeah, so those are those are sort of where I think I would like, and I, and I have some hope that um, open world would go somewhere. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, again, like I don't know about the like the versatility of uh, of a character as well. Um, you know, Legion saying this game is versatile because you can jump between different people. They have different skill sets. Okay. Yes, they're a bit more archetypal, perhaps, and, and fit into these, uh, um, you know, sort of set classes. Uh, but the idea of something like the crew, where you could, or the crew two, where suddenly you can just be like, I'm in a plane, I'm in a boat, I'm in a car. Like, and if you had something that allowed you to have that versatility in a very vibrant, very packed sort of open world maybe the next sort of place we're going and I can kind of picture in a very very underused IP which should absolutely be uh, front and centre of Disney's world domination but if you were a user or even a program in Tron right yeah and you're going around and suddenly you could just be on the light bike to be able to, to pop around or you're then in something else for you know for its different uh, you know abilities to be able to do things like the idea that you have this open world and that you can go right I'm going to do this now to be able to do this or I can do it in this kind of way and you know that that kind of openness in the terms of how you approach different things 
does still fit that kind of archetypal model we still have it do you be a little bit more stealthy are you a hacker do you go in guns blazing are you a bit more melee uh, but allowing some kind of versatility and a co- combination of those different options too. Um, I mean, you don't want everyone to feel kind of like overpowered and it's you know, open world always lends itself to RPG because you want some sense of progression and these sorts of things. But it's kind of trying to break the barriers of those a little bit and not not pulling them away from each other but and not even deconstructing them and taking certain elements but saying right i mean we've got rpg this is this set of stuff we've got open world which we can do this kind of thing with but also if we add in this extra layer which actually combines them a little bit better and it's not just kind of approach this in the way you want to it's you know that you can do something a certain way and you can do it well, but if shit goes down that you can revert to this, but also that you can actually do something completely different. It's not just stealthy versus guns blazing. It's not just uh, the idea that once you're caught, you just have to go nuts. You, know, you want that versatility and being able to be like, right, I, I have escaped from kind of whatever it is that is attacking me and I can reapproach this in a different way. But it isn't like, oh, well, the guards are alerted. Oh, no, that person's obviously left. Now we're not alerted anymore. You know, mm. you want that computer or at least the response from the game to be like, no, we're absolutely still on fucking high alert. We're on high alert for another hour. You know, right. if nothing happens in the next hour in this open world game and you go off and do something completely different then we'll go back down into our lower alerts and we'll restaff we'll get more people to come back in so when you come back here maybe it's a little bit different maybe the, the patterns of their um you know their patrols and things have shifted because it's reactive to you uh, rather than it just being a set kind of area for you to go in and this is what happens you deal with it and that's it um, yeah, I mean, there's so many ways that they could take kind of open world games, but I don't think anyone has really hit on one that's, uh, well, I say hit on one that is a, a sort of a critical success, but we're, we're getting kind of like small increments of this, aren't we? Like Legion went, be anyone, a bit more versatility. Um, and, and like the key to that game not- is that it um, didn't really do that many different things. Mm-hmm. Like, from from what I've gleaned from reviews, um, the gameplay was basically the last Watch Dogs with the new people and a couple quality of life improvements and a couple legitimately changing gameplay. But really, it's very iterative, but it's under mm. this mask of, you can be anyone. But that's like, super, I mean, I'm not saying it was easy, but like, it, like it's a yep. lot of it is skinning and access to movesets rather than making whole new gameplay mechanics right and so mm-hmm. it's a big revolution gameplay wise but not but an iteration on development um in in yeah. and like that's good design and i and and i think that speaks to sort of how we could actually see ourselves getting to what you were describing much quicker mm, mm, absolutely and i think we, we, we will start to get towards that with um, not with necessarily things like AI but with all of the you know tools and 
stuff that developers can kind of lean into a little bit more uh, bringing bringing in newer technologies to allow the game to do more essentially you know we talk about kind of like these jumps in console generations at least and that one between kind of the 360 PS3 version up to PS4 Xbox One yeah that's right mm-hmm. um Xbox names are too fucking confusing. Um, but that, that that jump was all about like particles. Yeah. How much more can happen on the screen? You know, what can we render? It wasn't this is actually how clever we can be with what the game is kind of doing in the background. And we've seen a little bit of that coming through. You know, reactive kind of games. Uh, changing difficulty sort of levels, those kinds of things, which uh, which happen on the fly, kind of within the game, and I would have thought that that might have been something that was really kind of pushed this generation. But you know, we got the whole idea with obviously our graphics, ray tracing, and you know, then Mark Cerny in that super dry gdc chat it was meant to be a gdc chat but the the, the super dry presentation and uh, it wasn't really for the public but more for developers um saying sort of like this is how like ratchet not ratchet and clank jack and daxter right this is how jack and daxter used to load things in the background whilst you went through this corridory area uh, whereas now we don't have to worry about that because using an ssd and all of these sorts of things allow us to read things so much more quickly in the way that we're uh, uh, packaging all of our data allow us to pull those sorts of things so you know this one lamp post doesn't have to be on the disc 400 times it can be once because we're pulling that data and we're able to do that much more quickly and I think that's going to unlock a little bit perhaps in terms of uh, developers being able to say actually we can program this in a certain way to be much more reactive to what you're doing to make it an actual living world rather than the idea that a living world means there are people about mm. and it's not an empty box that you're running around it's that stuff is happening kind of in the background living world is that someone has a 24-hour cycle and they kind of do that but that actually that changes on a daily basis depending on the game and time and that sort of stuff you know that's a living world it isn't just that you have a model in the street that high fives you when you do something. The hell you say? <laughs> you saying? Am I, I leaning? Can't get a, am I leaning? A, I was going to say, am I leaning a little bit into maybe what you've been playing with the high fives in the street? Have you experienced that in Spiderman? Oh no, not yet. No. Uh, okay. Um. I mean, what time is it? Yeah, we can jump over to that. Um. I played a handful of games. Um, yes, right. I finally started Spider-Man instead of us recording Geek Out Weekly. Uh, yes. Only one entire sequel released and most people having finished it uh, late. Um, not entire <laughs> sequel. Don't don't at me. I know. Uh, um, I mean... It, it, yeah. Um, pros of playing a game on stream I played a game cons definitely when I was like it's interesting playing 
Yeah, side story. I said this again. Uh, this is sort of me echoing myself on Gunhilder, but it's like it's so much different when you know people are watching, and you're mm. like, you know what you're supposed to do, and then you just didn't do it. So like the first two rounds against the Kingpin, I'm like, oh, I'm definitely just being too aggressive, because uh, once I realized that I could hit, kind of like you web him, and then you can punch him two or three times. I'm like, mm-hmm. a lot of the time I'm getting a fourth hit in. But then if I don't get the fourth hit, he just smacks the bejesus out of me. And so I died a couple <laughs> times because I was just, like, being really aggressive when the actual fight was very kind of simple. Like, it, you, uh-huh. like I thought the mechanics, I, I saw exactly what I was supposed to do. And normally I'd be okay with that. I'm like, ah, I'm being aggressive. I'll, let's just see if I can, like, take him down real quick. Oh, I didn't. Well, but when you're like on stream and your people are watching, you're like, ah, I shouldn't do that. But then in that part fights with the, but I kind of want to see if I can cheese this boss in a way that they clearly want me to do just the dodge punch, maybe once or twice, walk away, etc. Um, and, but because of that, I, um, Yeah, I just I just took longer with fights and was just in my head a bit, and I was like, oh, yeah. that's the thing I'm gonna have to get used to now that I do this on the weekly." Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, I I really liked it. I want to see more of it. It's very big looking. Uh, I liked the plot. I, I if you catch the vod or saw me on stream, uh, as soon as like the second mission you have is like do a thing for Doc Ock before he becomes Doc Ock, and I like. The world is so detailed that I just spent a good five minutes just looking around the lab, reading post-it notes, mm-hmm. just seeing what else you could do. Because it was like, this is super cool, and like, it's a game I don't want to rush. Uh, yeah. At this stage, it's just kind of like, cool. There's a lot of things to do, like pick up a million backpacks that don't make sense. Um, very Ubisoft feeling. I was like, oh man, I don't need to go to towers to open up things and then pick up backpacks. That, like, how many backpacks did this kid lose? Like, the, the the fact that he, as a teenager, I can get, like, maybe losing one backpack, but you would be looking for it all the time because you're poor. Your whole character trait is you're poor. And you just... And also, this type of webbing lasts forever. I, I don't know. It just rubbed me the wrong way. It felt so contrived yeah. against regular spider-man lore but also the the webbing doesn't last forever in this game too mm-hmm. so to, to be like oh yeah i i perma webbed 90 backpacks i think it's more than that but like all over new york and i just thought they were lost forever but i'm also a genius scientist and put tracking ids on them and never thought like I, it's just so weird but also that's like right now my only complaint about the game Mm-hmm. Uh, the onboarding is really good. The combat's pretty fluid. You can kind of do the. You don't have to use all the mechanics right away and still get by fine. I definitely need to get better at timing the web, the environmentals, and smash things in the face because I really enjoy that. Um, mm. But it's just a little slower than I think it is. Yep. When there's like a mob of people, like it's really good for. When they're closing in on you, because you can hit a couple to stop, slow them down. But when they're all around you, it's just not very good. Even if there's a big bruise, you'll get knocked over. Because the odds of you getting a, someone getting a small punch that will lead into someone else getting a small punch seem pretty high. Yes. Yeah, it's definitely a game which 
uh, you can get piled on quite quickly. Um, I think Miles Morales uh, does a few things differently to um, to that version of Spider-Man um, in terms of its sort of quality of life aspect. You know, things are marked on the map a little bit mm. easier. Um, you can go invisible. It's one of Miles' powers. Right. He can go invisible. Uh, and talking about that idea of um, you know versatility in gameplay, Miles did something very good that you would go invisible, you could then attach yourself to the ceiling mm. and people would kind of be like, where's he gone? Right. And they would still then go back to their kind of you know set routines and those sorts of things, but you kind of almost reset the stealth element right. of it. Not not every open world game can have the idea that you turn invisible. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it can. Of course it can. Yeah, but you mean, you mean like, do what the fuck they like. Nar- narratively wise, it, not every protagonist will be coming invisible makes sense. Yes, yes. Um, but it, it, it kind of, it felt a little more fluid in that sort of sense. You know, the idea that, yes, in the Peter Parker, uh, Spider-Man, PlayStation 4 game. Yeah. That you could get piled on very quickly. Miles felt a little bit more forgiving in that sort of sense. Like you could get yourself out of a situation rather than being, oh, I've been hit, and then this person's coming in, and oh, they've been hit, and this, you know, it was very easy to be able to kind of remove yourself from that. Um, and it doesn't do the whole backpack find. There is collectible finding things, but it gives you the general location, and it's very easy to find those sorts of things. And they're not webbed. So webs don't last forever in that yeah. sort of sense. And also, they're things that Miles uh, put around the city very oddly while you just leave stuff around the city. Um, but stuff he, he did before he was Spider-Man, so they're not like webbed up against a, you know, a wall or something like that. Um, so it's, it's, you know, Miles Morales has changed that formula a little bit. But again, one of my... Well, criticisms against Spider-Man. It wasn't a criticism, but it was kind of just like, this is more of the same. It's like Horizon. It's like Days Gone. It's pulling in all of these open-world tropes that we understand and we know. And yes, it's doing a few different things, but actually it's just more of the same. It's very familiar. Um, and that's kind of, I don't know, you know, not, not PlayStation's MO for their open-world sort of games, but Horizon... Spider-Man, yeah, Days Gone, very, very similar in the way that they are structured. I mean, I think that's a large part of just the stagnation of the genre. Like, mm. Breath of the Wild was very interesting because it kind of, again, mechanically didn't do any of the map garbage and, like, reset mobs, which was, like, a neat idea. Works in fantasy, like the Blood Moon. Where all yeah. the, like so permadeath of of enemies, but then they all reset. It's a cool mechanic that's different versus GTA, where it's just like uh, get away from the cops, and then more NPCs will spawn, and like it's it's a it's a living but not really living world. Mm-hmm. So that notion of permanent but not but not permanent because it's better for the game to be not permanent. But yeah, also but, the but narrative the, of that game but, is like very short. Yeah, like okay. you don't do a lot in the narrative before you're like, and that's when you're ready fight Ganon, and then you're like, cool, see you in fifty hours. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> see you once I've climbed this mountain. 
in the rain because I will fucking no, do but, it. No, but, like, like technically you can challenge Ganon. You can start the end fight really quickly. It's not a gated narrative, and there's no narrative yes. bits really in the middle. It's just what you make of it, which is why people really loved it was because mm. to offset that lack of, like, distinct narrative, which is usually a problem in open worlds, they just focused on making the world really interesting, dynamic, and a thing you want to explore. And yeah. I think in fantasy games, you can maybe I'm wrong, you can do that more easily. But in sort of at least in modern games, like modern day timed games, you need to do a lot because the modern world is quite dense with mm. things to do and people, etc. Yeah. Um, but still tethered to a lot of the things to do are kind of boring. Um, so I would play games. Mm. Um, you, you need to do something to make me want to explore and live in that world. Yeah, outside of a few fetch quests, like uh, we kind of talked about this, I think maybe when you were playing the latest Metro game a long mm-hmm. time ago, of how Exodus, yeah. it's quite—it's a series that really does well by its on the rails corridor moments because it Absolutely. that drives narrative and it's just a better game for it. Yeah, and I think where we are now, there's a lot of games which could easily be more linear as far as what you actually do and then the open world just kind of makes it muddy instead of interesting like breath of the wild did mm, mm. with with breath of the wild and with the blood moon that was a that was a timed thing i assume yeah every um, x it, game days i think it is yeah because it's very um you know it, it, it's not ripped straight from but it's the idea of that being that kind of like um, Dark Soulsy kind of element that you know you go to the bonfire and all of the enemies, you know it is permadeath. You never upgrade. You can kill every single enemy and it's an empty world. But yeah. as soon as you go to a bonfire and you upgrade yourself, yeah, uh, like everyone says it's Dark Soulsy, but it's actually Demon Soulsy, really, because that's where it originated from in terms of ah uh, yes, even the, then the most popular, it- well, critically lauded game of the new generation, <laughs> uh, PS3, the and only Lauren. new generation game. Hmm? Is it the only is is the what? dark uh, the Demon Souls remaster the only next generation game currently available? Uh that's you mean that's that's only on the next generation? That's only on the next generation. Uh, like, is everything else cross gen at this point? So it just takes off on a random tangent. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Um I can't think of anything else that it is that is exclusive even just to the new consoles, not even just to one, but even both consoles, like everything. When mm, is the new? I, Phoenix, my problem is, is I know of a few, but I don't know when they come out. You're right, because like Ghostwire is not out. Godfall is coming out. Ooh, Godfall might be out actually. That's a PS5 exclusive, right? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes, I see. The PS5 exclusive that was released on Microsoft Windows and PlayStation 5 on November 12th. Yep, good old <laughs> exclusives. Um, so, so Godfall also exists out in in you know the market currently. So, Demon Souls isn't the only. Uh, uh, yeah, Demon Souls remastered. Yeah, isn't the only next generation game available. Yeah, right. I think well, it might be the only next year. Astro's Playroom. Right, that's out now. 
Um, but yeah, so like the PS5 exclusives uh, list as of last month, I found a Polygon article was Astros Players mm-hmm. Playroom, obviously PS5 only, Bug Snacks. That's, that's PS4, PS4 as well. As well. Death Loop not PC out yet. Too. Sorry, it's probably PC two. Bug Snacks. I think it's an Epic Game Store game. Uh, uh PS four, yeah. Uh. Deathloop, not out yet. Demon Souls, Destruction All-Stars, Ghostwire Tokyo, not out yet. Godfall, not out yet. Good Boy by Volcano, Volcano High is going to be on the PS4. GT7, mm. Horizon West, both not out yet. Oddworld, also on PS4. Ratchet & Clank, not out. Returnal, Sackboy, Spider-Man, Miles Morales, and Stray. None of those are out or are also on the PS4, except for Astro's... Uh, playroom and so yeah a ps3 game uh i mean this is why when someone asked someone was talking about getting a ps5 like just wait what a waste of time and i mean this really sincerely even if you have the money like unless you want to play a specific p like cross-platform game on your 4k tv Uh at 60 frames There's, like, no reason. Yeah, absolutely. Just none. Uh, and United, someone who, for a long time, had a Switch, Xbox One, and PS5, as well as a PC with a reasonable graphics card, uh, who barely played games. Like, I, 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 I like gaming hardware, and I like gaming in theory, and even when I'm not playing <laughs> it, I tend to want to play it, and so we'll use money, maybe, um... Now mm. that I've been unemployed for several months, um, less fluidly. Uh, I mean, obviously, that money would have gone somewhere else or whatever. It's not like it would have magically stayed in savings for the past three, four years of whenever I bought that Xbox. Also, I sold the Xbox for a decent price, I think. Anyway, um, yeah, so um, where, where, where were we? Demon Souls, Miles Morales, <laughs> oh, Spider-Man. I was playing Spider-Man, and I liked playing Spider-Man, and I think I might play some more Spider-Man at some point. Um, yes. It feels like it could either just consume or Mm -hmm. be a thing I just slowly, slowly play. Um, Yeah. It's, I think what I liked about it thus far is there is clearly a narrative, there's some plot, but also, like, I made fun of the backpacks, but also I was like, oh man, if I want to play this for 10 minutes, I could just hunt some backpacks. And there'll be some random crimes that my crimometer will tell me about. It's not what it's called in the game, but, what, you know, they, essentially you have a crimometer, right? Um, and it's ah, like... the crimometer. Yeah, it's like, cool. That's really good because one of the things, I guess, that the promise of an open world game is, and why, like the way I play, most people play GTA games, is at a certain point you just, like, go in and fuck shit up for 20 minutes and then leave, yeah. right? And it's like, cool, I can do the superhero version of that in this game it seems mm, mm. It's there's content being actively generated by the game for me to just mess about yeah yeah, and that's fair um, as you say it, it's something that can either you know pull you pull you in more and you want to do those sorts of things uh, or you just kind of do a little bit here yeah. do a little bit there 
I think it's quite good. Um, both both Marvel's Morales and uh, and Spider Man are good in that it doesn't feel massive in that it's going to consume all of your time. You know, it doesn't yeah. ask of you an hour to do one thing. It, it kind of allows you to have a little bit of respite in between these bigger missions, set pieces and things that it says, like, just explore the city for a bit. Yeah. I've got some time to kill. Why not? You know, it doesn't have that uh, that notion that everything is on a timer and that you have to go and defeat the big bad as soon as possible, which is great. You know, one of my big bugbears of games is go and you, you have to go and do this as soon as possible, but could you just get me like twenty flowers? Because like I need them. Um, so, and and, and Spider Man absolutely does very well at pacing itself in that sense. And good. I can see you, you know, and, and again I could see it being like I got twenty minutes, I'll do some stuff in Spider Man. Yeah, but also it seems like I've the missions. Hour. Yeah, the missions don't seem like they're super long, so I could yeah. easily see doing a mission. If I have yeah, 20 absolutely. minutes, but like doing one versus spending mm-hmm. eight hours playing the game or whatever. Yes. And if that's the case, like I said, it will probably take longer. Um, also, like, even though I'm not great at it, I'm still not great at aiming, mm. uh, swinging and stuff. Um, it's the, I keep forgetting while I'm swinging what the move is to kind of launch yourself forward, like slingshot yourself forward. Oh, to yeah. bridge the gap between tall buildings. And so it's like, oh, what am I doing? And then I'm already halfway plummeting. I'm like, nah. But I mean, that'll take practice. But it, it feels yeah. really fluid. And also the fact that mm-hmm. you can, like, swing into a building. And if you time the run button, you kind of just basically start wall running up. Mm. And then you can jump again. And it's like, cool. Well, that's fine. Like, even when I kind of mess things up, I can salvage it and make it feel like I'm not an idiot. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so Spider Man's a big. Uh, it's a, big win for me uh it is kind of what you told me it was and i'm glad uh, you lent it to me over a year ago now i think <laughs> um it'd be interesting to see um like if i drop round miles morales for you to play mm. if you if you if you jumped into that kind of you know Halfway. instantly mm. what your you know and you, and you put spider-man down jump into Mars Morales, do, you know, whatever that is, 12 yeah. hours or something like that, uh, and then went back to Spider-Man, how you would then feel about the the, the original game. Because I, I, I haven't gone back to it for a long time. I know, because um, I've had it. I mean, that's true, yes. Um, and I, I, I don't have any desire, really, to to kind of revisit that. Lots of people wanted to have that remastered version for the PlayStation 5. Um, so uh, you know, yeah. bought that Miles um, like Ultimate Edition or whatever you needed to have that, then upgrade to the PS5. Yeah, all that nonsense, stupid fucking process. But um, people wanted that to be able to go back to it. And I'm like, nah, mate. I just, I just want to play Miles. I don't, I don't. I've, I've played this game already. I don't need to yeah. play it again. Yeah, um, I mean, I so think be, yeah, we're be interesting also to older. see how how you. Yes, yes, that's very true. We we. The, I we mean, value our time. The as idea well. of replaying a game, even if a game I love, just seems preposterous. Yeah, like uh. FF Seven, Super Mario World, maybe. <laughs> Can't think of another game. <laughs> Done. I mean, there's also Not even like, Final like, Fantasy Seven remake. 
just the original one. Yeah, yeah I meant, yeah. I mean, the other thing I, I will say, though, is, like, there are games I never finished that I obviously didn't keep the saved game since, like, oh, I might one day want to mm. finish that, but it's also like, oh, but will I? <laughs> why do I have all these games in my Steam library? Wish I could rent them. Oh, my God, that's why Games Pass makes sense. Mm. Play it mm. and then forget about it. Yeah, yeah. Game Pass has just released, uh, I think, this week, no, last week, uh, a couple of very nice-looking games. I'm super interested. Like Doom Eternal, missed out on that. Gonna oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Into the Sun, I think, is a game that came out on Game Pass, which I'm going to have a look at. Um, another one which I know we were, we were looking at uh, called The Ascent that's coming to Game Pass I think in the new year as remind well. me what that is um, uh, The Ascent was that um, uh, not quite it's like an isometric um, strategy based game in a cyberpunky set sort of world hmm that's probably the best way to describe it but there's 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 lots of yeah. stuff Game Pass is just such a good service yeah oh uh, even if you've only got it on pc so yeah Fine. the one thing that i will say is it's there are uh, you forget that some of these just leave yes that's true yeah absolutely i, I um uh, yes your grace came out on it a couple of weeks ago as well or last week perhaps uh, which is a game i've looked at kind of all year waiting for it to get to a price point and now it's on them like I, I will absolutely play this game but again it's finding that chunk of time to kind of be able to do so and then it going out of my mind playing something else and then game pass yeah. going these games are leaving in like two weeks try and fit them all in and I'm like, oh wow sure wait what oh i see a bunch of the final fantasy games are coming but i think oh seven nine and fifteen should wow so i got distracted On by the list okay um okay. but yeah there's there's the the Yakuza, the latest through the Yakuza games are there, and I heard really good things about those. Mm. Uh, oh, Streets of Rage Four! I can finally play. I keep forgetting. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, there's a good. there's there's a few couple games that it's like I bought last year or whatever, and then never quite got around to, like Mutant Road mm. Zero, Mutant Zero, Year Zero, Road to Eden. Yes, Mutant Eden Road Zero, Return game. That one, uh, yeah, that's been on Game Pass for a while. I was like, ah, I need mm -hmm. to... My friend Pedro also definitely bought, never played. Oh, I haven't even thought of that one. Yeah, so uh, I think it's just... The other thing I've realized that I've realized about books, movies, games, because I've had to give up my libraries um, because for all the moving around the world, is like yes. a lot of this is access, whoa, but, like, there's so many things. Even if this was your favorite game of all time, you would still have a wonderful time playing a different game. Favorite book, favorite album. It's like there is Absolutely. entertainment out there. So it's like, oh, I don't I don't think I want to expand my library, if that makes sense. Except for, like, mm. zeitgeisty things, which is mostly FOMO, which is another reason to distrust it. Cyberpunk, <laughs> I might buy this holidays because I'm not going home. Um, mm -hmm. that's about it. But like, yeah, and even that's probably kind of FOMO, although the reviews are confusing. Um, but like, 
boy, have I realized that even my favorite games, if I never played them, I'd be okay. And like things mm-hmm. like The Witcher, which I know is a great game, and like people I hundred percent trust, tell me it's one of the best games ever. It's like I now have time to play a game. If I choose not to do that and never and find out, that's fine. You know what's yeah, great? Absolutely. But it's also like you know what I wish I didn't do was watch Game of Thrones season seven. Um, I did. <laughs> that's why I didn't watch season eight. But like. Oh, right. These FOMO cultural things aren't the way I enjoy things. Like, I took a while to start watching The Mandalorian, but then I liked it. Yeah. But, like, outside of that, I'm okay with watching things late unless I'm really invested. Mm -hmm. And games live in that same vein of things where it's like, cool. Absolutely. You know what? If Games Pass is of decent quality and I, I, I missed the chance to play generic game X, I'll play generic game Y. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's it's definitely good for that. Um, it's something that I can't see myself, you know, uh, having previously talked about and, and even written an article saying, what games are going to be coming to Game Pass? Is this something that I want to continue? And it's like every month, it's just like, there are games here that I would like to play and at some point this month will get around to doing. Um, so yeah, it's, 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 I mean, it's such a good service not to kind of be subscribe to out of all of the gaming services that exist currently so yeah and it's way better than humble was except for maybe the humble trove that you get access to like Mm -hmm. my problem is like you're claiming with the humble you claimed used to be just got 12 games and then it's claimed 10 of 12 yeah and you're like what what I don't know what these are and like the quality has definitely gone down because I'm pretty sure that they that like between Epic giveaways and Games Pass mm. and stuff like it used to be there was a couple years there where it's like don't buy a game because you probably won't get around to playing it for six months and it'll show up on your damn humble. I don't think that's yep. the case like I mm. the last few months or whatever have just been like also maybe I'm not being paying enough attention to the the library or the news or whatever i just don't recognize a bunch of these games or it's like okay but like i could easily pick none of these yes um and i think that's just again part of the i'm not playing 10 games a month outside Mm -hmm. of what i'm getting for review or whatever so i don't need that but with games pass it, it feels more like a there's a here's a rotating library of interesting games jump in jump out Absolutely, yeah, and it's it's kind of that you know it's that rental model you know pick something up for a weekend, you play it, it goes back. Yeah, uh, that's it. If you don't finish it, you don't finish it. Don't worry about it. Play something else. It's, it's you know uh, the, the the stigma around not finishing games and all that sort of thing kind of long gone. Uh, you know it has to kind of go and hopefully it is sort of thing with these sorts of things that you can spend an hour with something like this just isn't for me. I'll move on to the next thing. I don't have to then yeah. finish this. Uh, and I think uh, those subscriptions like Game Pass are, are good at at least alleviating a little bit of that tension around you know, the idea of completionist completionism uh, and that sort of element too. Uh, let's open more beers. Yeah, I got. I just uh, you crack a beer. I'm gonna rinse a glass because all the pine glasses in my kitchen went missing except one. Cool. I'm gonna crack it. I'm gonna pour it, and then when you're back on the headphones, 
I can tell you and everyone what it is. But currently, it made a loud noise. It's another can. It is a double IPA. Um, it says it's a double IPA. I'll tell you what the percentage is when adult has reappeared. Because the the, the siren was 7.4, right? But it wasn't a double. It wasn't a California double IPA. Ooh. It was just a California IPA at 7.4%. This is a double IPA. That was back. Good. So this is a double IPA. It is... Where is the percentage? Oh my god, 2R, what are you doing? <laughs> Where's your percentage? 8.5%. So, this is a collaboration beer from 2R and First Viac, I think it is. Maybe. Uh, this is Wonderlust for the Wicked double IPA. Hmm. Uh, what do I get? What do I get? Not very much to all. Um, it tells me if I can find the English. Uh, beer contains malted barley and wheat. Alcohol 8.5% volume. That's it. That's, that's all I'm getting from this. Uh, fine. Sure. Who knows what's in this? I'll probably taste it and have no idea. But we'll find out together. Excellent. Uh, Adol, what are you opening up next? Uh, I've got... Brock uh, Rehadia? Oh, I cannot... I don't know Polish. It's a Polish brewery. <laughs> uh, it is the Lumberjack. It's a rye American stout. Uh, 6.7% and a... Uh, three quarters Wi-Fi. The IBU is like a little Wi-Fi increasing bars thing. And nice. It's uh, four of six. Okay. Um, or you're in the kitchen and the router is upstairs. Um, the Lumberjack. New wave mix of stout with American hopping. Rye used during mashing imparts oiliness. Harmonizes with a hint of chocolate and strong resinous bitterness. The aroma is rich in coffee and chocolate notes, filled by citrus sweetness. Uh, water malts... Uh, ah, water. The malts are pale rye, chocolate rye, chocolate wheat, carafa special too. The hops are tomahawk, citra, simcoe. Uh, okay. It is pasteurized and unfiltered and has yeast as well. Um, but yeah, so 6.7%, 330 ml bottle of an, a rye American stout. Um mm. Interesting. Although rye yeah, is more I common don't... for Canadian, but I'm thinking well, rye again, the whiskey. You get you get rye kind of like red ales. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I've ever had a rye stout. No, me neither. Before. This is kind of why I, I I wanted to try it out. Mm. Nice. Um, cool. So back to the two o. Um, it's I mean it's like you know. As you would expect from too old, it's a little bit juicy. Yeah. Uh, it's a nice orange colour, uh, a little thicker, uh, a lot more hazier than my previous beer. But again, a very um, very small head on that, which dissipated really quickly. Uh, it's super juicy in the nose as well. But it's quite light. Ooh, there's a little bit of dankness in there as well, just a tiny bit. When was this? I think this is this is a beer that's been around for a little while, so it won't be 
like hot burn or green or anything like that. Uh, I think it was brewed on the oh like July twenty first of July maybe. Oh no, no, I'm reading that backwards. Best before date the twentieth of July twenty twenty one. So two probably, will probably give a year on yeah, them. Say, so probably yeah, probably was July. Yeah, probably was July. So it means it sat for a little while, a few months. Fine. But it smells good still. Yeah, six months isn't bad on the shelf. Came from Ooh. a tin, right? Not Ooh. a bottle? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. Nice little tin. Oh, I like that. Um, mm, I liked it as well. It was eye-catching. It's why I picked it up, definitely. Uh, and I haven't had a tour beer for a long time. Lucy had one several weeks back, and it instantly had me. As soon as I saw this, I'm like, I haven't had a tour beer for ages. That is for me. Um, Flavour-wise, it's lovely. It does have those slightly sweet but stewed sort of tropical fruity notes to it. Mm. Mm. Those more ripe sort of melons in there. Not much bitterness on this. It's very, very light in its finish. I'll just throw my pen across the table. Uh, it's very light in its finish. So those slightly, slightly danker, um, slightly more bitter, soured kind of melon flavour mm. that's, that's running through with everything in this. Uh, and that slightly juicier sort of uh, both mouthfeel and flavour to it just go and go and go it doesn't move through a lot of flavours it doesn't change halfway to bring in anything else it's not got a different finish to it it is just the same kind of as it runs through and that's fine because it's a lovely lovely flavour uh, just, just to clear things up um Twills from Denmark, not Finland, mm -hmm. despite all of the talk of the Finns. The Finnish. Very, very good. I had um, that, that expression. Check out the VOD. I, 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 I was sitting on that because you kept saying, light on the Finnish, light on the Finnish. I'm like, don't say it. Just leave it alone, Adil. Just leave it alone. And then you said it one more time. I'm like, ah, you know what? I'm just going to say it. And then you talked more. And I was like, oh, now this is like... A reference to 40 seconds ago. Cool, Adil. Should have just said it right away. <laughs> but could I have good. not said it? No, couldn't have not said it. Compulsion. It's, it's very nice. Well, I mean, it, it, it's, it's life, isn't it? Mm. Uh, how's your bit? Uh, how's the lumberjack? It's dark. Kind of cola colored. Mm. You can kind of see the light, uh, one of my side lights casting through, that it's yeah. um, uh, not black. It's much browner. It's got a bit of head, um, clings to the glass, definitely get a chocolatey nose, slightly coffee, but I mean, it's very malt forward. Oh, actually, yeah, I think, yeah, you can definitely smell the chocolate and the rye malts Okay. on the nose. It's It's not like super malty, like I'm having to... The only nose is malty. It's just not. Mm -hmm. It's just not very strong in the nose. I still have a bit of. Hmm, should probably swish some water. I can just like. I was about to take a sip. I'm like, I can smell. I, I can taste tropical. Hmm. <laughs> well, let's just overpower it. You swished your glass out though, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. The glass was swished, but the mouth was not. Mm -hmm. 
Huh. Oh, that's dry. That oh. dries in my mouth right out. Maybe expected with a rye beer. Mm. Okay. So, I think I've pushed back a lot of the tropicalness. So it's a bit of a citrus, but I think it mentioned that in the notes. Um, mm -hmm. Hmm. It's... What hops were there? Um, Tomahawk, Citra, and Simcoe. Yeah, that Citra and Simcoe. So, I like IPAs. And I like mm -hmm. stouts. Mm -hmm. Why I like those are very different. <laughs> uh, I feel like the okay. Citra and Simcoe are actually doing very textbook Citra and Simcoe things, but that's making... Mm. It's making this stout, which has this lovely, slightly coffee, much more chocolate-forward um, backbone, just also have this zesty, citrus hoppiness that mm. I'm not liking in con in tandem with the the malts they don't seem they they both are doing their thing at the same time they're not muddled they just are doing very different things like uh -huh. there's some craftsmanship here like it's not like they're fighting but they're just notes that i my palate is not enjoying both versus like oh this is just a mash of flavors it's not that uh i've not I don't think i've ever had uh beer from these guys um but it's it's clearly well made i just don't think the premise is working um uh because i haven't had very many rye stouts what i will say is uh you mentioned red ales and i was like yes this tastes red mm -hmm. ale -y. but then i was like oh is that just because it's kind of hoppy but not quite and it has some malts going on but maybe that's it um really like the texture um and maybe i'll get used to this imbalance weird again it's just they they even say on the bottle sweet citrus something something like that yeah and it's just i think what it is is the malts fade quicker and the sweet citrus turns into kind of a simcoe hoppy finish that's lingering but I still have a bit of the chocolate mm. malty, and it's just, it's, I, this reminds me of, like, one of the first times I had something like an IPA when I hadn't really had it before, and you're like, why is this all this bitter, blah, and it just sits there, why would you like this, like, early beer drinking, like, I'm having that kind of weird vis visceral reaction to mm that and it's obviously not the individual notes but the packaging together is just throwing my palate for a wide loop this is yeah uh super interesting and not the way you want sadly <laughs> um but again i did have 
some of the more sticking around. Maybe I'll get used to it. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, I'll remember to comment by the end of the episode. Um, but not slamming this one anytime soon. <laughs> if I, if I, like, it's fair. To be it's so, fair. so this is one of those things where. If I got a taster of this at a bar, like, oh, can I just have a taste of that? I would immediately never touch it again. Like, mm-hmm. nope. Uh, I am glad that I have to, quote unquote, have to I'll take, because again, I think it's, now that I've paid attention, well crafted, and maybe the taste imbalance will, 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 will change, but yeah, it's just so wild that I mm. will just, would have been like this is not a beer i will enjoy mm. so we'll see if it changes my mind yeah absolutely uh, but we'll see that quite slowly because uh i know there's more games that you have played that you may wish to talk about so you'll be doing some chatting perhaps yeah me and more chat supping supping may become secondary to whatever it is you're going to talk about next i suppose uh so it's still me you say uh, what other games have I played? I, I, I'm, I'm, well, we could we could talk about something completely different if you. Ah, uh, no, it's okay. Uh, I'll, I'll, I mean, it's rare that I I'm I'm playing the Lucy role of here's the mm. list of games. Um, I will. Here's 406 games yeah. I played in yeah, the last no, hour. I mean, it's a deal playing the Lucy role. Role. So it's it's I played three games. You guys know about one of them. Uh, mm-hmm. One I streamed, and the other one I've played before. <laughs> I'll, right. I'll brief. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's still very much me. Uh, but uh, I play. I played some more of Gibbous on the Switch, which I. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, I don't think I ever posted the vod, but it was my Halloween week stream, mm. uh, and we talked. I t- talked about it uh, on the pod on episode. <laughs> um, and Memorable. um, yeah, it was a good beer that week. Um, <laughs> uh, and yeah, so I played like. The first chapter, I think. Um, I didn't know how long it was. It's a point-and-click adventure game. Uh, sort of tongue-in-cheek adventure uh, adventure game around Cthulhu stuff. Yes, it's isn't it called Give Us a Cthulhu, Cthulhu adventure. adventure? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so now I've played three chapters. Oh, I played two chapters, I think, online. And I, I finished the third. Now the start of the, the chapter I'm on, the two characters that were you were played have now joined forces. The two right. arcs have joined, and it's fun. Um, I don't have a lot else to say. Like, go see episode uh, for for details. But um, yeah, I mean, it's. I th- I'm glad I repicked it up because it was enjoyable, and I think it was. Uh, I'm in bed. I don't want to watch YouTube, but I don't really feel like getting up and starting the day. I'll just play a little game. It's like right, the Switch comes out of its dock, and you can play it in bed. I should probably have not realized that, but. Um, but it was it was did exactly what I wanted. <laughs> the writing is thinks it's funnier than it is, but not by much, which is very common for adventure games. And I think it's just, yeah. or maybe it's just that's the brand of humor. Um, and I'm 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 maligning it too too much. I, I enjoy it; it's fun. Voice acting is good. Uh, almost every um, thing you can look at or ask. Either if you're the guy with the cat, which now talks, thanks to the Necronomicon, ask the cat, cat about it. Or if you're one of the things is the hard-boiled detective ends up mm. 
it was the last thing I did. I like used a crystal, I think, and got some magic. It turns out it gave me magic powers, so and now I can basically pick. If I use the power on an item, it'll trigger um, a voice clip of some time in the past with respect to that item. Right. Uh, but much like the cat, sometimes it's just like, oh, I won't. Like, I, I find it frustrating that it gives you all these options. And I feel like I should try them, especially if it's humorously yeah. written. But then a lot of times it's like, oh, I won't trouble her for that. Or it's a thing. Oh, I, I shouldn't pick. Like, it's like you can pick it up. You can look at it. You can ask the cat about it. And then it's a lot of things it's like, oh, it's out of my reach. Oh, I won't bother the mm. cat. It's a thing. And you're like. Yeah, I'm glad you made more interactive things so it wasn't super linear, but that's really aggravating. Could you at least just make it a look? I can hear your voice mm-hmm. clip. And or like make me look at it and then that opens up options. Like mm-hmm. just a little more depth to the gameplay would be nice versus these are the three things you can do. Kind of hammer through. Cuz you're like don't want to miss a clue or whatever and you're like, "Uh, but I'd rather I'd rather be forced to find the relevant clues by was the thing when I when I looked at it? What what did my brain slash the narration say? Yeah, and if it, and and if I didn't get that the clip meant something, I might have to go back to see that I need to like interact with the cat or whatever. I don't know. Mm. It just felt a little. It it felt kind of spinning my wheels. Um, at times, but pretty good. Like the adventure game. Curious about the plot, but I won't say it's super gripping. It's mostly like if you're in the mood for this. It's like it turns out it's a nine hour game. Okay. Which is quite long for for a point and click. Yes. Adventure yeah. game. Um plot seems fine. I'm so curious how it goes. I think I'll I'll take a long time to finish it though cuz it's not that gripping. Mm. But it, it is right now playing that role of rather than playing some crappy idle mobile game, I'd rather do that for 10 minutes. Yeah, that's fair. Right. So yeah, that's Gibbous. It's fine. And I mean that in a very strong way. Yeah. It's doing exactly <laughs> what I want it to do, no more, no less, I guess. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and one of the reasons I wanted to bring it up, though, was because um, it's well-designed. It works really well on the Switch. And the game I played on stream yesterday um, mm-hmm. was a game that's been out on Steam for a long time, but had the Switch port come out this past this month like a week or two ago called yeah. Nordlicht uh which is north light um in uh shit scandinavian country finnish danish Pick one. norse norse wait is that cuz i played gunhilder god <laughs> darn it i think it uh i had what is with these Norse games? I think it's Don't get it wrong. Yeah, I know I'm looking it up now. Now now that I've said the thing, of course Steam isn't actually letting uh nothing will now load to allow you to know which one it is. It just which says adventure it comes from. Nordlicht is an adventure game in which you accompany an unusual family on its fascinating journey to the cold north. You control the curious Aurora joined by your best friend, the guinea pig Peter. It says Peter Seeley, but it's Peter Parsley in the English translation. And Peter her clever Parsley, yeah, 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 yeah. And her clever dad, Rupert. On their way, they encounter mysterious star signs of the polar night, have to overcome nature's dangers, and confront their fears. The heartfelt story, the atmospheric music, and the hand-drawn graphics make Nordlicht an experience not only for kids, but all ages. Ah. Mm. Uh, mm. 
But where mm. are they? From Does... what I saw of the stream whilst you're looking yeah. for that, uh, uh, you know, they don't mention anything about the very frustrating looking boat sections. Yep. Thank you for that. <laughs> uh, yeah. The developer is Ilias. Mm hmm. Uh, don't. Don't know where they're from. Oh, don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I thought I thought I could go to their Steam page, and yeah. but their Steam page literally just says um, "indie game publisher." <laughs> anyway, uh, so so it's a lovely, quite short two-hour-ish adventure game. Mm-hmm. Um, in three acts, and and the first act is basically you wake up and your dad's like we're packing the car we're packing to go i'm fixing a boat you pack the stuff and we're gonna go on a trip to see your mom and then um he gives you a piece of paper and you have to go all around the house because it's a point and click adventure game and pick up and find and craft all the things on the list and give them to your dad who's of no help uh yeah and then after that you go and you have one of these boat trips uh across the sea spoiler alert between acts one and two and two and three there is a boat trip where it's like a tapping mini game so like thunderclouds tap them and they'll release their lightning if the timing's wrong they'll release the lightning and hit your boat also there's a wave and tap that also, and then uh, then they add more stuff later and like to go faster you tap a cloud that's not a rain cloud um, but actually bringing that section up is really good because it was m- more frustrating than I thought it would be and the reason is mm-hmm. I was playing docked because um, I was on stream um, and with the controller and the advantage of tapping is you just move your finger real quick uh, but when you have a cursor that for the rest of the game is too jumpy. Yeah. Um, so you've you've slow smoothed out its sensitivity, but now it's actually nigh on impossible not to get the boat pretty damaged, um, just because you can't move the cursor. But also, in these sections, there's no way to access the settings during these sections, so you can't change your sensitivity during the part where you're like, ah, oh, maybe I could should change my sensitivity. You want to quit without saving any progress? I don't remember seeing a save sign. I don't know how far back this will go. I guess no. <laughs> um, and for like a... So like the controls... Then I'll get on to the other parts. The controls aren't well optimized, I don't think. Um, it's a Switch port, and I was very disappointed with that. It feels like a mobile game. Although I think it came out on Steam a year ago. That they just tried to be like, well, you could just use a Switch as a mobile. It's fine. Versus mm. there's multiple ways of inputting. Like, even the prompts. You have to remember, this is like a game for kids, primarily. Um, the prompts are like, to walk somewhere, touch where you want to go, or use the stick, L stick, or R stick, and then hit ZLZR right or A. And what they mean is both sticks will move the cursor, and then one of four buttons will click. As if you we'll tap there. Yes. Um, yep. That's a terrible prompt. 
Yeah. Especially for a kid. But even for me, I'm like, sure, whatever. But also, because it's a tap-based game, if I tap a thing that's interactive, it brings up the context menu of do you want to look at it or grab it, if I can Mm. grab it. Which means I'm not walking there. Which means I've moved my cursor, I've tried to walk, but there's so many interactable things that are low down. Sorry, no. There were were a lot of stuff. Yeah. To... to, uh, A lot of things to interact with when I saw it, especially in the house section. Um, And this... I mean, this is great for hunting and pecking and feeling like you're finding things, but Mm. again, why I think it was just a touch game that was ported with a generic cursor is the fact that most of these games... When you hover over an interactable thing, your cursor changes. It's just a quick dynamic cue, real easy, very straightforward. This is a thing. Nothing like that. So, Mm. you know, so there's a button, one of the shoulder buttons. Just like in Gibbous, you can hit the magnifying lens or whatever, and it shows you all the things that can happen. And on the controller, there's a button. Sounds like the same type of game. Push a button, see all the things. You're like, wow, there's 17 things. Cool. I will look at them all and maybe ask the dog about some of them. Great. It's the whole point of these games. Except the only way to figure out when I'm moving the cursor around if something is interactable is by hitting the shoulder button or just madly clicking randomly. But again, often it's like there's seven... So so you hit the shoulder button because you're just like, okay, is this one of the things I need to interact with? But then you just kind of walk into a room, hit the shoulder button, and then sort of clockwise go through because... There's no point otherwise. And, like, for example, mm. in the first room you're in, it's your bedroom, and there's, like, five pictures on the wall. If I didn't hit the shoulder button and tried to just investigate the room, I would be like, cool, what's that a picture of? How about yep. that? And I would get the same prompts for all five pictures because it turns out the hitbox on the wall is this is, is, the, is half the wall. It, it, yes. But then... The hitbox for a specific item sometimes is just that item, which means I have no idea. Like the the game is not helping me figure out by context clues whether not only whether something is interactable, but also how many how big the radius of that interactable pro- thing is. So then it's just like again, it's it's encouraging me to hit the button that just says. Don't search and randomly like again. If I was on a touchscreen, I'd be like poke, poke, poke. The poke trade-off is kind of minimal, but it it felt really cumbersome to be like dragging my mm-hmm. cursor around, clicking on a thing, be like, okay, is that picture different that they just talked about vaguely different from these other pictures? Click, nope, same voice prompt, great. I guess that's half the wall, and then it's like, okay, there's a bunch of blocks and a thing beside the blocks, and is kind of rectangular. I bet, I bet that's different. Hover my cursor, no idea. Hit the shoulder button, yep, it's different. Like, it just, because it was so clumsily adapted, I'm going to say, in mm-hmm. a sense, like, these these jarring um, imbalances just made it so that I was constantly just t- asking the game what I was supposed to click on because it was really hard to get feedback otherwise. Yeah, uh, and I would have done that even if I wasn't on stream, etc. Just because it there was just not enough feedback to make it. I wouldn't have any fun. <laughs> mm. Slowly mm. moving the cursor and just kind of hammering click, and then being like, "Okay, was that different?" And even with my finger, yeah. I think I'd be. 
I think with my finger base slightly different, but just because I can kind of do that quicker. Um, and so yeah, that that, that kind of sucked because it's a gorgeous game. Love the aesthetic. It's hand drawn. Yes. Yeah, it is. You can tell like the characters are different. They have a little. It's like they were drawn on a white piece of paper and then it was cut out, such that there's like a little border of white around them yes, who have their own border. Yeah, it has that slight paper craft yeah. element to its aesthetic. Yeah, um, very pretty. Um, some of the puzzles didn't make a lot of sense, but that's common in these games. Uh, so it was really pretty. I liked it. I liked... There was a really interesting thing where it took me a while to figure out that you could go to the front of the house in Act 1 because when you're in the house, it sort of feels like you're at the, like you're a cutout of a... Like a dollhouse. And it shows the front very barely, but there's no door there. And then when you go out in the mm-hmm. yard, it kind of... It just casually, when you leave and go into the yard, moves the camera like five feet back and you don't notice right away but that means that there's three feet of walkable space and that took me a while to figure out but i felt really good about it because that was like a really subtle design cue Mm -hmm. like you're not just in line with the stoop you're actually the other side of it which means Mm. if you travel to the right you won't hit the door you came out of you'll go past the house yeah, and it's just a very good visual cue that I didn't notice right away, but that's fine. That's exploration's kind of part of the game, right? That's the the flip side of a why am I just stabbing my finger around? It's like no, no, that that's the thing I want to feel like the game is guiding me, and I felt like that perspective change helped guide me to find the parsley at the end of the way, right? Like stuff like that. But so like it was frustrating because it was like I think this was just not adapted well sure um and like i said just felt a little cumbersome in in weird ways um don't want to spoil it too much although i did finish the game on stream like i said it was a two-hour game Mm. i was gonna finish uh i was it was like oh i've been going for over an hour maybe i'll stop and then i like checked how long to beat and i was like i'll just finish it (laughs) versus how what was that when the past goes around the other adventure game I did, where yeah, I played yeah. it for a long time and was like, okay, I should stop. And it turns out that the I... The bird boyfriend. Yeah, and it turns out, yeah. spoiler alert if you watch the VOD but haven't played it yet, I did all of the puzzles. And there was literally one scene left in the in the game, which is the final scene and then the credits. I like, booted the game up and then went to my save point and started. And I was like, oh, no more game. <laughs> But also, <laughs> narrative catharsis. Uh, yeah. I, I've never accidentally almost finished a game. Like, I've never, like, quit a game that close to the ending without realizing it. It was it was kind of wild. But, um, yeah, so I played it. It was good. Um, you called the the narrative... Like it, it, it's pretty well telegraphed, but you, you definitely saw it a little earlier than I did, and then it was like, nah, you're definitely right. Um, it has emotional moments. I think it does the emotional <laughs> stuff really well, especially considering it's more than likely going to be played by younger a younger audience. I think it's handled really well. Yes. I feel like I'm giving it away without giving it away, but that's fine. Uh, I, I like it. Um, I mean, and the thing that... Uh, I'm wondering is if my only complaints are around this like um, 
controller aspect. If I if I wasn't streaming, I probably would have just picked it up and started stabbing my finger at the screen. Yeah. Uh, and in which case, for it's probably great. Um, so, like, the Grand Assault is if you get it on Switch, you probably... The thing I was worried about, I mean, it depends on how you like your adventure games. If you like the point-and-click stuff, like, where there is some notion of hunting and pecking and some feedback from the game obviously touchscreen will never give you that yeah um so it's more like it's i think that's why i think that's why it was probably designed for a touchscreen because it clearly there was never a thought about that type of feedback but i like mm. when it's like i'm not madly clicking i'm like is that a thing and then it's like yeah it's a thing and sometimes that can it can be oh i'll just move my mouse around until it, the icon changes but i actually like that because then you can't get super stuck for too long you're like these are the four things on this in this room I can to interact with. Cool. I now know that I need to do something with these four things. And I don't know what yet what, but I can at least know that I've not missed a thing because I'm like painstakingly mm-hmm. going through. While with a touchscreen, you kind of just have to like stab at the screen from yeah, the corner to corner yeah. or spiral in or something, right? I'm sure there's some technique some speedrunners figured out. Um, but yeah, so I liked it. It was fun. It was short, sweet, melancholic. Um, but um, <laughs> the control—it's just not a controller or a game, I mean, that, and and nor a mouse game for the same reason. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah. Also, I think those, and and maybe the the difference between the slow cursor or slower cursor and the touch grid would make those boat scenes better. They didn't. They didn't serve a huge narrative point to make it perilous. Mm. In fact, it kind of is jarring because then you're like, wait, what? Why are they do? Why so perilous to get to mom is a question, except for its gameplay. But it's so much. It's not fun with the controller for the reasons I put out. But it's also like could genuinely be frustrating because if you don't click enough things, the boat sinks and you have to redo the, yeah. the thing. And this is a two hour, mostly point and click adventure story. And so like as a, as a, as a final kind of point, like with those, with those boat sections, do you think they're even needed? Could you have just, could they, could you just have a little scene or even a still image where the game then loaded into the next place of them on the boat and then just loaded into the next area rather than having to do those I, extra bits yeah or like keep the style of gameplay kind of the same where it's like i don't know like uh oh no we're not going fast enough that rain cloud's gonna get us ah figure out how to move the tiller or the sail Mm. oh this thing fell out find the right wood peg in the boat to you know blah right like puzzle game in the middle with like lightning strikes and scary noises but still doing the mm-hmm. puzzle game thing and it's like yeah we're, we're taking this if you think narratively you need the perilous boat journey there's a way of imparting that to the the player without making it like actually perilous to the point where a seasoned gamer like myself died uh no but I, what i mean by that is like it, again it might have been just a controller but that's also then a problem with the port but it just mm-hmm. the fact that it's a it's this like seemingly kid friendly, um, very pretty 
adventure game that suddenly you die and have to restart it's like what is this game doing like it, it's just so disconnected from the entire rest of the game and 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 like i see narratively what the work it's doing but it's doing it in a way that like feels very game mechanically incorrect or at least mm-hmm. incongruous that's the n-word i'm looking for incongruous yeah 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 so yeah so i, yeah, I think so. that could be much better yeah Nice, good. Uh, obviously, if you want to look at Nordlick, you can go and see the uh, the VOD version um, of Adol's stream currently on here, if you're watching us at the moment, or on our Twitch channel, uh, Out of Lives Network. Uh, I imagine it will be going up on the YouTube it'll be, at it'll some be, point. It should be up before this goes out. Oh, okay. So it may be on the YouTube already. You may have seen it already. Uh, let us know what you think of either Gibbous, Nordlet, uh, open world games that you're playing, Watch Dogs Legions, Valhalla, Spider-Man, Mars Morales, what else did we mention? Any of those ones Legion. currently? Yeah, the, the crew. No, I mean, no one's playing the crew. Steep? The moment, but was sure. that open world? It wasn't open world. It's like the only Ubisoft no, game that wasn't. Yeah, Steep, no, no, Steep was open world. Huh? Was it? Steep was like open up on the mountain. You could kind of well, go yeah, where you wanted, yeah, but you you you. But didn't, once you were at the bottom, yeah. you had to then like fast travel to the top, right? That's what I mean by not really, because it was like pick a point in the mar- mountain to start, and you could choose how you got around on the mountain. But I mean, like mm-hmm. steep with, with 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 steep, you could have gone on foot and just then climbed. Hmm. Fair. I don't remember that. I played the beta. Forgettable. Yes, we did. We did. We did play the beta. Um, yeah. Uh, don't worry about Ubisoft games. Fuck Ubisoft. Yep. Uh, let's talk about the beers yeah. that we've drank this evening. Um, I shall come first to mine. I think from the two of them, from the Siren, mm-hmm. uh, the the California IPA, and the two old uh, first uh, Viac collaboration Dipper. I might give it to the siren this week. Really? Yeah. I think the the two old collab was a nice beer. It's like eight and a half percent, and you 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 do not know that it's eight and a half percent, but it it kind of presented itself in its initial flavors, and that was it. Hmm. That was kind of all that it was doing. It's like. Here are some tropical fruits. They're a little bit stewed. There's some sweetness to it. It doesn't really kind of go anywhere else. Whereas the Siren did a few different things through its flavor. It flowed quite nicely between the initial flavors and then that pininess into it. Uh, And actually, uh, you could kind of see how it sort of flowed through that beer. Rather than just being like, here's a flavour, mm. that's kind of it. And and the the two beer is a nice flavour. It's a it's a very nice flavour, but that's it. That's all it's kind of doing. So I think the siren this week would be the one that I would go back to. Uh, have again if I'm at a bar, that's the one I would order out of these two again, I right. think. Um, and uh, you know, it is it is up towards the double IPA, it's seven point three percent. 
another beer which you cannot tell that it is a, a higher ABV. Hmm. But it just flowed so well, and and the flavors were nice. It's it's not just that it flowed; it's that it it, it met my uh, met the taste that I enjoy. Uh, and California IPA, whilst is slightly new in terms of my mind space and understanding what that is versus a West Coast IPA kind of thing, um, it did enough that I'm thinking this is this is reasonable. And the the the, the white grape, uh, white grape, or just grape. Why do I think white? Yeah, white grape. Yeah, I was saying white grape sure and grape. yeah, yeah, white grape uh, and and gooseberry um, did present themselves more through the beer as well. As I drank it, the 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 initial flavors got stronger, mm. um, whilst my palate kind of you know understood what was going on, and even then still flowed in and had those tropical fruits to kind of back them up, had a little bit of citrus to back it up, and then went into this piney sort of finish. So just a well-made beer that flowed nicely uh, throughout. Uh, the two old is still a very nice beer, but it's one flavour and that's mm. it. That's all you're kind of getting through it. So the siren wins this week for me. Nice. Uh, Adel, yes. Which one did you prefer? Um, I, I, before I go on to say mm. it's not the one, <laughs> it's the one you think. Um, I, I want to say a couple of things about the one it's not. Uh, the yep. so, I so I clearly was thrown off by the lumberjack uh, rye American stout. Um, it's better once I've got used to it. I think it, it pairs mm-hmm. really poorly with a hoppy IPA to start because I think it, that accentuated the um. The tension between what's going on in the Rye American Stout. Um, and so now that I've had most of it. It's not a black IPA. No, it's an American Stout. Just to stout. clarify. Yeah. It's a Rye American Stout. Um, and I actually think you're. That's a very good question because I think if it was closer to a black IPA, it would have been much better because now that I'm used mm. to it, I have less of the tropicaliness that was going on. With the more hoppiness, yep. um, it's much better. It still has the citrus peak, um, and then these rye, uh, or so these chocolatey, slightly rye, rye chocolate coffee sort of stouty notes. And but the tension's much more balanced. Mm. Again, my suspicions at the beginning were it's like, oh, I don't like this, but it's clearly well crafted. It's well crafted. That tension is. Probably not meant as a tension. I think it's like the, the malts are really well blended, and then you have this nice, in, interesting peak of citrus. Uh, I just personally, bleh, I, I think it doesn't work still. Yeah, sure. Um, and that resiny pininess that goes really well with the citrus doesn't go well with the chocolate, the stoutiness, I guess, is the problem. Mm-hmm. Just, it's all, and my go, it's not like it's muddled. The taste. They're there and they're distinct and they they do they mesh a certain way, but I just find myself noticing one then the other and being ah like my, like attention's probably the best word I'm ever going to use for it. So I'll stop trying to find new ones. Um, but it, it it is interesting. Um, it's definitely not a one I will seek out again. Mm-hmm. Uh, the finish is not stouty at all. Like the malts disappear w- w- well before. 
that kind of citrus hoppy bitterness, um, which is very odd for, for a stout. Uh, while the uh, more crossover IPA, um, it w- it it did all the IPA things really really well. Um, that's kind of all I need to say. Sorry, just I, I, my palate's been through the that's, ringer. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, so I'm actually like, wait, what did I think about this? Um, <laughs> it, it's it's really good. Um, it. It does. It did all the IPA things well, but it's very much a 2020 IPA versus like a 2017, 2018 IPA. Right. So yep. it's got that pineiness, that resininess, that tropical fruit, but it's much more staid. It's not like, mm. hey, we got these flavors. It's like, I, I know we've got these flavors. Don't worry about it. We've been doing this for a while. So you get that yep. IPA punch without it needing to punch you. You're just like, ah, yes, because the finish is just strong and it lasts and it's it's... It's hoppy. It doesn't need to start at 11. It can be just mm. a solid 8 all the way through. And like, I will definitely seek this out, out again. It's very, very good. Nice. Good. Perfect. So they've been our beers this week. Uh, you know, a reasonable set of beers, uh, each with their own advantages, mm. I suppose, depending on what you're looking for. For an evening, that, like the games that we've talked about as well, very different in in what they're providing, but each doing something that that may just sort of tickle your fancy for an evening or a week, something like that. Uh, so, if you want to get a hold of us and tell us what you think about open world games and where they should go next, you can do so by going to Tanked Up Cast. On Twitter, mostly, or going to outoflives.net. Comment on the article that is posted for the podcast, or go to YouTube, Out of Lives Network, and uh, have a chat with us there in the comments in YouTube. Or find your podcast service of choice. Rate us, review us, let us know what you think. Let us know if you want more abstract conversations about games, or you want us to hone in on a certain product and discuss it at length. Uh, you can get each of us. I'm at Nova underscore 47. Adler's at the Omniarch. Almost all of the things. That I am. That is pretty much everything, everywhere, every bit. Uh, if you're not watching us live, you can go to twitch.tv slash out of lives network to watch us live every, well, no, it's not Tuesday. Normally on a Tuesday mm-hmm. evening. But not yeah. this evening. Uh, Adol, he plays some games. First looks mostly on a Tuesday. We do Geek Out Weekly, which is a sort of conversational podcast around a certain topic where we get in depth on something each week. Now, I occasionally have a look at uh, a new game or something that I've been playing on my lunch break on a Wednesday. And that didn't happen this week because work's just too busy. And it will be now. Probably until at least January, so don't actually expect that show until. But that's you know, okay because that it's slot the holidays until maybe January. Anyway, yeah, exactly, exactly. You'll all be busy drinking all of your excellent beers that you've saved up, playing all the big open world games, or tons of small experiences that you've saved up towards the end of the year when you've got some time to put into them. Uh, oh, you can get Lucy at Juicy Loose 9 almost everywhere as well if you want to badger her but she's busy working as well at the moment 
so that's probably a bad idea. Yep, just definitely, me. <laughs> definitely Badgerer. Definitely Badgerer. And ask her what our games of the year are going to be. Uh, we'll be back next week. We've got another episode, and then the week after will be our end of year show, where we go through the games and maybe the beers that we've enjoyed through the year. Uh, I know it's so close. Yeah, I also realized how oh, man, it's usually like go through the archives and be like, oh yeah, I spoke about ten games, or like maybe twelve, and I have to pick ten. Now it's like ah fuck, I've been playing games, mate. You played fucking loads. Yeah, although I feel like I've whinged about most of the ones I've played <laughs> for streams. <laughs> that's fine yeah, every it's... game can be criticised every game has oh no I just mean like that that means that they probably won't make my game of the year mm-hmm. that's all mm-hmm. yeah that's fair that's fair uh, so tune in next week for more chat about the games that we've been playing and the beers that we're drinking and then the week after that for a roundup of our year uh, thank you very much for joining us on the screen if you have thank you for watching us on the VOD if you do. And thank you for listening to us in your podcast service of choice. Uh, Rate, review, subscribe, like, follow, blah. Tweet, share. Do all of those things. Yeah. Tweet us. Do some stuff. Chat to us. Join us in the Out of Lives Discord as well for more stuff. And then tune into Radari on Friday night for his stream yeah. as well. Remember, the Twitch stream isn't just Adler and I doing stuff every <laughs> now and again. Yeah, it's there other are people. others. Yeah. Occasionally too yeah <laughs> good so for this week we have been tanked up bye bye ciao www.outoflives.net